evidence and answers. In Revelation 6, John sees the four horsemen of the apocalypse who will unleash devastating judgments upon the earth. John writes that the four horsemen were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. Is COVID-19 God's judgment upon the earth? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. At the Evidence and Answers 2020 End Times Conference, Pat answered these questions and more about COVID-19 and God's plan for the end. Now with part two of Message 2 in this series is our host, Pat Zucran. You know, they were threatening to shut down ports. They were threatening to shut down trains. You know, if our ports are closed, we cannot receive goods and supplies can easily lead to famine and food shortages, sending the cost, you know, of a loaf of bread skyrocketing. You know, not only the cost of a loaf of bread, we saw what it did to the price of toilet paper, right? I mean, toilet paper was going through the roof and people were going crazy, you know, trying to find toilet paper around here, right? Imagine when you have a pandemic on a much huger scale, the kind of havoc it's going to wreak upon the earth where the price of food and other needed supplies are just going to skyrocket as transportation and means of getting supplies around the world are going to be tremendously affected and shut down. And you can see how COVID-19 is driving us towards globalism, how the world needed to come together and work together in an orderly way. You can see Revelation 13 talks about a one world kind of economic system, a one world government ruled by the Antichrist. And we saw in COVID-19, right, nations having to work together to defeat this pandemic. And, you know, we're seeing that there needs to be some kind of world organization to lead this effort to defeat COVID-19 on a global scale. Well, imagine when you see in the book of Revelation, you know, a third of the oceans turning to blood, the rivers turning to blood, the stars falling from the sky, poisoning the waters of the earth, fire coming down from heaven, destroying nearly a quarter of the earth. I mean, imagine how the world is going to have to come together, right, to address the economic and the turmoil that will be going on at that time. And you also see the push to, to this one world economy, economies around the world in free fall. And imagine when you have a plague that's worse than COVID-19. COVID-19, you know, uh, we saw economies around the world shutting down as businesses had to shut down. And, and then how, what do we do to these people who are now out of work without income? Well, economies were shutting down, right? People and the governments to support their economies were just printing money, right? With really no value behind them. And you end up with a valueless kind of currency that we saw in Germany, you know, during uh, just before World War II, where a cup of coffee there was nearly $4,000. 
And so there's just a devaluing of currency here. And you can see there's a push, a need for a cashless currency controlled by a one world kind of economy controlled by a central leadership. You see that needs, you know, beginning to arise here. And, and imagine, you know, when you have a pandemic that's worse than COVID-19, that lasts longer. Uh, you can see a push towards this area now. So I believe that we're seeing a preview, all right, of what's going to be coming during the time of the tribulation. We're seeing just in a small scale what the judgments God has stored for those who do not receive him as Lord and Savior and will not be included in the rapture and be ending up going through the tribulation period. Now, what we see going on around us, plagues and pandemics, are previews of what is to come. I believe it is setting the stage for the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. You know, COVID-19 and other disasters, they're just a part of the indicators that will intensify as we draw near to the return of Christ. Mark Hitchcock, in his book, talks about the beautiful drive he has from Oklahoma to Dallas, Texas, three hour drive he has from Oklahoma to Texas to teach there, from his church to teach at Dallas Theological Seminary. And not sure what he's talking about there. I've been on that drive. Ain't that great, man? You know, I mean, Mark, you want a real drive. You want the Pacific Coast Highway. And so, you know, when I get a chance, I make that drive from Northern California down to Los Angeles, you know, Southern California on the Pacific Coast Highway. It goes right along the Pacific Cliffs. Just beautiful, gorgeous, beautiful kind of drive. And as I get closer to the city of Los Angeles, I see more and more billboard signs showing that I am getting closer. There are more signs telling me I'm getting closer to the city of Los Angeles. So when you see more and more signs like this going on, and it's beginning to intensify, you know that you're getting close to the return of Christ. So I think COVID-19, although it's not the fulfillment of biblical prophecy, certainly sets the stage and gives us a preview as to what is coming during the time of the Great Tribulation. Now, what's the verdict on COVID-19 then? If we're not in the end times and indeed it is not the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Well, one of the questions I get asked is, is COVID-19 God's judgment upon the earth? Well, in the Bible, God used plagues and pandemics as a form of judgment. We see in Exodus chapter 9, he used the plagues to judge the nation of Israel. In 1 Samuel chapter 5, he used the plague of tumors to judge the Philistines when they took the Ark of the Covenant for themselves there after the battle against Israel. In 2 Samuel 24, we see that God used plagues to judge the nation of Israel, specifically King David, for his sinful census that he took. And in the Old Testament law, in books like Deuteronomy chapter 28 and 29, Isaiah 51 and Jeremiah 24, God warned the people of Israel that calamities such as pestilence and plagues would come upon them if they turned away from him 
and follow the evil ways of the pagan nations, right? So God did use plagues and pandemics as a form of judgment to discipline Israel, to get her to repent and turn back to God, not only Israel, but other nations as well. Now, not every natural disaster is necessarily God's judgment. Some are the results of living in a fallen world. You know, and there are many preachers, unfortunately, that declare the judgment of God almost at every natural disaster that occurs or preachers, you know, that the end is coming. We are in the end times whenever some kind of earthquake or catastrophe occurs. But there's a basic principle that we follow that we need to be silent when the Bible is silent and we need to speak when the Bible speaks. So when it comes to COVID-19, God is silent. Now, God uses tragedies to get our attention and to teach us valuable lessons that we need to respond to. Tragedies like COVID-19 and others provide an opportunity for us to reflect upon our life and our relationship with God. So God often uses natural disasters to teach us some valuable lessons. Well, what are some valuable lessons that God could be teaching us through this time? Well, it's probably a couple dozen, but uh, let me just take time for just a few lessons that I believe God is teaching us at this time. Number one, tragedy or natural disasters teaches some valuable lessons. Number one, it exposes error. Two in particular, the area of false hope and the area of false teachings. You know, when it comes to false hope, there's often the belief in our modern culture today that we can accomplish anything without God. We don't need God. We can, you know, through science, we can cure all disease. We can conquer all sicknesses. And we can defeat aging and bring ourselves eternal life. You know, something that I've been studying called techno-faith, the faith in science and technology, that through science and technology, we are going to defeat aging. We're going to find the aging gene and shut it down, and we're going to have eternal life. Okay? And through artificial intelligence and biotechnology, we're going to have superhuman intelligence, you know, Google-like intelligence, and superhuman-like angelic powers. This is called part of the transhumanist movement, right? Where it's a mix of technology and human nature to create the cyborg, the next evolution or step in human evolution. And through inserting artificial intelligence in our brains, through exoskeletons and other biotechnology, we're going to have Google-like intelligence, angelic powers. Through genetic engineering, we're going to solve the aging issue and have eternal life. Right, and we're uh, going to create this utopia. Without God, man will conquer all. Well, that's a false hope. We're learning that this tiny little virus, right, where we seem to be helpless against this kind of pandemic that strikes. And imagine, you know, when worse ones come upon us. So it exposes the error of false hope. We still need God. And we need a Savior. We need Jesus Christ. And 
It also exposes false teachings. There are many out there claiming to be the incarnation of God or the Messiah or some great healer. Uh, this, of course, is Kibaloi there in the Philippines. He claims to be the Son of God and the new owner of the world. Okay, God incarnate. But, you know, these people claiming supernatural, miraculous powers to heal. Well, where are they now? We ever needed them to be cleaning out the hospitals and <laughs> defeating COVID-19. Boy, we really need them now. Where are they? They're strangely silent all of a sudden. Huh? So I think it exposes false teachings and false teachers. Next, another lesson is that times like these, they expose sin, specifically the sin of pride, uh, human pride that says, we can do it all, and we can do it, and we don't need God. You know, times like this really exposes our pride and, and humbles us, exposes the sin of idolatry. Whenever you place your faith and hope in something else other than God, that is idolatry. And for too long now, we have placed our faith in our abilities, in science, in technology, in money. We have placed our security in our material wealth and finances. And running into a pandemic like this shows us we can't place our faith in the material things of this world. We need to place it on a foundation that can never be destroyed, never be taken away, and will never come to an end. And that's only found in God, a relationship with God, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it exposes sin. Next, I believe times like these corrects our thinking. It reminds us that we are not in control of all things. There is a God, and He is in control of all things. As great as human achievements have been, ultimately, the world and the universe lies under the sovereign control and direction of the Almighty God Himself. Second, it reminds us what is really important. You know, when the pandemic first hit, we suddenly realized what was really important. It's not our stock portfolios. It's not necessarily our looks. It's not necessarily the material things around us that are important. We discovered what was really important. We were reminded what's really important. And those are the things that matter and that will last for all eternity, which is God, the Word of God, and the souls of men and women. And we are reminded what's really most important. It's God and those that we love. And we need to invest our time in those things that matter for eternity. Third, it reminded us to appreciate all that we have. The Bible teaches us to give thanks to God in all circumstances and in all things to give thanks. You know, and to thank God for what we have, our health, our family, and the opportunity for eternal life and a relationship with God and to value His Word. And many people are beginning to really appreciate now the fellowship of the body of Christ. Many of us are restricted 
from gathering in large groups through fellowship and worship together. And we long for that day when we can come back together as a big fellowship and body of Christ and to worship together and study God's word. And uh, we're reminded to appreciate that ability to worship together every Sunday that many of us were taking for granted for a long time. Then it reminds us to examine ourselves, to see if there's any sin in our lives that we are tolerating, to repent and turn and get right in our relationship with God. And so tragedies like this teach us a lot of valuable lessons. And now that many of us are in some kind of lockdown, it provides us the time to really reflect upon our lives, to examine our lives and get things right with God and to soak in kind of lessons that God wants to teach us now. So there are some very valuable lessons we need to learn. And how do we respond then in this time of crisis? And the final lesson to be learned, I believe, during times like this, it builds character. As we humble ourselves, remove sin from our lives, repent and turn to God in full dependence upon Him, remembering that we are completely dependent upon Him. He is in charge of all things. You know, it builds within us character needed for us to become more and more like Jesus Christ. So if we learn these valuable lessons well, I think we'll come out of this eventually a more holy, a more righteous, and a stronger people ready to live for Christ in a greater way if we learn the valuable lessons that God has for us during this time. What is the rightful response then for us during this time? I believe here are several. First, we need to humble ourselves and get right with God. COVID-19 is not necessarily the judgment of God, but it's definitely a wake-up call from God. Times like this, God can use to stir within us and wake us up and really examine our lives and help us, remind us that we need to turn from sin and get right with Him. So the rightful response is, is to humble ourselves before the Lord, knowing that He is God and we're not, and that our lives are really dependent upon Him, and He is the true Lord of all creation. Second, we need to reflect and examine our lives. You know, godly men and women examine their hearts at this time to see if there was any sin that needed to be dealt with and repented of. David wrote in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. He has got to reveal his faults and areas that he needed to deal with and change. And David's response serves as a model for us to take the time now to really examine our lives. Third, I believe God's church, God's people as a body of Christ, we need to examine ourselves. The church needs to examine herself. As the church, the church must ask, you know, as the body of Christ, are we tolerating sin in our midst? Is there sin that we are tolerating that we must confess and repent of? Have we been faithfully teaching the whole counsel of God's word, calling people to account, pointing out sin, 
those kind of tough sermons, calling people to repentance from sin, those kind of really tough sermons, calling people to righteousness. Have we been faithfully preaching God's word or simply preaching the kind of things people want to hear to draw the audience into our church? We need to ask, have we been seeking to make disciples, true disciples of Christ? You know, Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you must die to yourself each day. Take up your cross and follow me. Are we truly making disciples or are we simply tickling people's ears with messages that they want to hear? Or are we truly doing the hard work of making disciples for Christ and living as disciples of Jesus Christ? And then as a nation, we need a time of national repentance. Many countries involved in the murder of millions of children in things like abortion. Several nations have redefined marriage, the oldest institution in the world created by God, the bedrock of every civilization. Transgenderism today defaces the very image of God. And we willfully shake our fists in God's face and define rebellion, expecting that God won't do anything. No, it's time for a national call to repentance and a national turning to God. And so we need to ask ourselves, how are we responding as individuals, as the church of Christ, as a state, and as a nation? You know, God wrote in 2 Corinthians 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. God's forgiveness and healing of the land only comes when the people of God turn and repent and get right with God. And so we need to keep one eye focused on the present as to what's going on now and one eye focused on the future, right? The Christian needs that balance in their life. If all we look at is that present circumstances, they can get us anxious, even depressed. But when we keep one eye on the present and one eye looking towards the future and how things are unfolding and going right according to God's plan, we can have that kind of joy and hope looking forward to the return of Christ. That's why the study of eschatology is so important. Well, are we in the end times? I don't believe we're in the end times. The events that begin the tribulation period have not occurred. The rapture and the battle of Gog and Magog and the appearance of the Antichrist and the signing of the covenant. However, you know, this pandemic and other natural disasters remind us that we are indeed nearing the return of Christ. When you see an intensifying of events like this, it reminds us the return of Christ is near. So until then, we need to be faithfully living for Christ and looking for his coming. As Andy stated, Titus 2.13, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for the blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as we await his return, Paul exhorts us to live holy lives and to exercise self-control. We are not called to panic from fear, but instead remain sober and of sound judgment, 
knowing God is in control and we can trust Him, even in these uncertain times. And the term waiting there in Titus, waiting means with hopeful expectation. So let's keep one eye on the present, one eye on the future, watching how things are moving toward falling into God's plan and moving towards the fulfillment of biblical prophecy and His coming. So although there may be difficult times ahead, we wait with joy and hope because we know Christ is coming. And when he does, it's going to be a glorious finale to all who have eagerly looked for him. Well, if you enjoyed what you're hearing and you want to hear it again, well, you can log on on our website at evidenceandanswers.org where we're going to re-air on the radio and on our website messages from Andy and myself on this topic and a whole lot more topics regarding the return of Christ. We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers radio broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. And you may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. Oh, 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 oh,